Well, the U.S. Justice Department has opened an antitrust investigation into the owner of Ticketmaster, uh, whose sale of Taylor Swift's uh, concert tickets uh, descended into chaos this week. The investigation is focused on whether Live Nation Entertainment has abused its power over the multi-billion dollar live music industry. Now, that power has been in the spotlight after Ticketmaster's systems crashed while Ms. Swift's fans were trying to buy tickets in a pre-sale for her tour, but the investigation predates that botched sale, according uh, to critics. Joining me now to talk about uh, Ticketmaster and uh, the hold it does have on the music industry is Eric Alper. He's a publicist and music commentator at thatericalper.com. Hello, Eric. Hello. You caught me at a really good time. I'm at the bank trying to refinance my house so I can afford Taylor Swift tickets when she announced the Canadian tour. <laughs> I know. Well, one of our producers here, uh, Talia, who is, truly is a Swifty and grew up listening to Taylor Swift, she and five other friends were calling at the same time, and one of them were able to get that code. Uh, so they're actually going to head down to Seattle to uh, to to watch uh, Ms. Uh, Swift. But uh, it takes that kind of uh, that kind of ingenious thinking and, that- and, and, and work together to get something get those tickets. And that is exactly the situation that we're in, because people tend to forget that when an artist like Taylor Swift announces a tour, there's not just a million people in that city that are trying to get, you know, 50,000 tickets. It's people that are willing to go across state lines or country lines and, and go and travel to go see those shows as well. And, you know, when you have... And, and excess of, of demand, but, you know, not a lot of supply. Look, we're seeing it in so many other places now, too. You know, it's $10 for a bag of lettuce. Or if you've tried to book a flight on an airline, you are definitely paying three times as much as when you did maybe four months ago. So this dynamic pricing that I think people are complaining about, they don't realize that this is no different, really. But um, it's an interesting turn of events. With, with the AG announcing that they're looking into Ticketmaster because it's really, really hard to break up a, a monopoly. There's not too many times in U.S. history that that's ever happened before. Yeah, is, and to my understanding, there was a merger between Live Nation and Ticketmaster mm-hmm. that the Justice Department approved in 2010. It's, I mean, the company is a giant, to my, to my understanding, what I've been seeing here. Yeah. The, it's, it's put on 40,000 events, that's Live Nation, and sold nearly half a billion tickets through Ticketmaster. Why does the music industry not like Live Nation? Like, what are the specifics in your mind that really irritate the music industry? Oh, zilch. They love Live Nation, and they love Ticketmaster. Live Nation works for them because, you know, without getting too much in the weeds of it, they actually guarantee um, payment for these shows before tickets go on sale. The reason why they love Ticketmaster is because Ticketmaster is nothing more really than a front for all of the anger issues that the fans have. So it's very easy to get mad at a nameless, faceless corporation rather than blame Taylor Swift or, um, you know, uh, the weekend for high ticket prices. When it's all the artists doing, they have 100% of the say in how many tickets go on sale, what the prices are going to be. You have to. So the reason why I think it's a little bit troublesome was because Live Nation owns so many of the venues across North America and around the world. So if you want to play a place that holds 
you know, 10,000 seats or more, it's a live nation venue and you're going to have to use Ticketmaster. But it's a it's a marriage made in heaven because the artists certainly aren't making nearly what they were making 10 years ago when album sales were around. So they're relying on the road um, and the live music industry. And it's exactly what Live Nation and Ticketmaster offers them. So that's where some of the a lot of the anger is just misplaced is I get it. People are frustrated with, you know, not knowing what the prices are or service fees, but the artists are fully aware of what's going on. Uh, how do you fix this in your mind that so that these types of concerts are more attuned to the needs of the fan than just the artist? And don't get me wrong, I understand the artists create the music, they perform, it's very important what they do in regards to content creation and, and, and the art that they produce, but there seems to be a general frustration with fans, not just based on cost, but also availability. What would you like to see change to make it much more um, fan-centric? I think there's two really quick things that they can do, and we've seen them both in action work. Garth Brooks, when he announced his Canadian tour, he did something like 10 or 12 shows in the same city, um, and he kept the prices at one price for every ticket. So, therefore, the demand, um, the, the amount of tickets available reached the demand for it. And so you had no reason to worry about paying $400 tickets because every ticket was $50, and there was no way around that. He actually forced that upon to Live Nation and Ticketmaster when he did those shows. Um, the other thing that the artists could do is just simply price the tickets for what they're worth. I think that, for in general, music fans have been treated pretty well but i think maybe it's time to say look if somebody's willing to pay five thousand dollars for a front row ticket then give it to them at five thousand dollars you have to start pricing things to the demand and to what people are willing to pay and that's how you knock out the scalpers and 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 the third party sites if the only reason why those sites exist is because people are still willing to pay 10 times, 15 times that ticket price. So just price them accordingly and you'll knock them out. The government will never, ever step into something like this. There's already laws on the books for scalpers. You're not allowed to sell a ticket for a higher price than what it's paid for. But the government and the police simply just don't care about the issue except for when they want to score some political points. Hmm. Uh, in regards to, you meant the issue, um, you talked about the issue of album sales and now you have to compensate uh, for that mm. loss of revenue through uh, uh, Ticketmaster, through your ticket pricing. Uh, with our streaming services, Spotify, Apple, and many others, will they ever get to the point where they that money that artists make now can actually be similar to what they were making when they were selling those albums or, or is that just that era is done? That's just already done, you know, because you never hear about the superstar artist, the 1% of the artists complaining about their checks. You don't hear about a Taylor Swift or a Drake or The Weeknd complaining because like every era of the music industry, um, the top 1% is going to make 80% of the money anyway. But when you're in that middle ground, that's when it starts to get really wonky. Every million streams on Spotify gives $4,000 to the rights holders. And that's divided up by the record label and management and lawyers and the band and trickling down to to the artists. So I don't think we're ever going to come back to a moment where, where um, you know, the artists were making that kind of money. But going back to Taylor Swift, there's 20 different versions of the physical seat, of the physical album of her latest album, Midnight, for fans to buy. And you can better believe that a lot of them bought 
two copies, three, four different versions of it with different artwork and autographs, um, postcard that were in it. Some had different songs on the album. You know, Target had an exclusive physical album that um, had a couple of extra songs on there, for instance. That's what you're going to see is you're going to see um, more direct to fan sales of the vinyl records of the CDs and the artists are just going to have to start to do that more. Hmm. Uh, in regards to just weeding out bots and, and, and some of these professional scalpers, does Ticketmaster do a decent job or do you think they just need to do more work, uh, work uh, in specifically in dealing with the bots and, and the professional scalpers? Yeah, it's tough to say. You know, they're the best that we have right now. I mean, you said it at the top. I mean, they do they do millions of shows around the world selling a half a billion tickets. It's a really good system because I don't want to go back to lining up for three days, you know, in the cold at my local record store trying to get tickets through Ticketmaster like I was doing as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the best system that we have. And sometimes, you know, uh, the, the it, it, it's so... It, it's really hard for technology to land in front of the bad actors and the bad people that are always going to be out there. They're always going to be one step ahead. But unfortunately, you know, there's always going to be for every person that says, I'm not going to spend a thousand dollars on a ticket. That's okay. Don't go. There's going to be 500 people who will. Is there anything wrong with asking people to stand outside for those tickets? I'm like you. I don't want to be doing that either. In fact, (laughs) as I was coming into work today, across the street, we have a brand new uh, uh, Apple store that just opened. So people were lined up. It was day one. And these are all huge Apple fans are lined up. Not something I would do. And I am an Apple guy, but not something I would do. But what's wrong with asking people, if you really care about the artist, you really want to get the right ticket or the best tickets, what's wrong with asking people to wait? What what's amazing about that idea is that I would be okay if only the tickets that were selling in that market went to the people in that market. Mm-hmm. Meaning that if you were lining up in certain places in Vancouver, only people in Vancouver could get those tickets. And that would probably eliminate a lot of the, the issues. Therefore, if you were in Edmonton and you wanted to go, too bad. If she's not announcing a show in Edmonton, you're, you can't go. So that would be one way of thinking. I think everything is on the table when you're Ticketmaster and Live Nation because they obviously want to to make that experience that much better. Um, but, you know, in Vancouver, it's so easy for you to say that because you have good weather. <laughs> if you're in Buffalo or Toronto, you might have a different experience with that. It was like, I, I, it's like I, I don't want to go see a show between the months of October and June. Yeah, that is true. We've had some good weather this week as well, but the rain is coming, my friend. I promise you that. (laughs) Eric, thank you so much for your time, my friend. Have yourself a wonderful weekend. You too. Thanks for having me.